0: Temper tantrums decrying cancel culture are everywhere, in the news, on social media, and now even in our government. But what's really going on? A new podcast demystifies the panic and dispels the many myths about cancel culture. It's called Cancel Me Daddy. It's hosted by Caitlin Burns, the very first openly transgender reporter on Capitol Hill, and our very own Oliver Ash Klein, who's actually my producer here on Brave Not Perfect, and one of the founding members of the Trans Journalists Association. Caitlin and Oliver Ashe shed light on what they call the cancel culture grift economy, delving into the latest scandals, laughing at the most outrageous takes, and taking a closer look at whose voices are actually being silenced in these conversations. It's fascinating, funny, and often surprising show that I think you're really gonna enjoy. Subscribe to Cancel Me Daddy right now, wherever you listen to podcasts. Or you might get canceled. Everyone's life has been impacted by addiction in one way or the other, which is why Lemonada Media has an important new podcast for those seeking information about the science, research, and reality of addiction. It's called In Recovery. The weekly show is hosted by the brilliant Dr and Zynga Harrison. She's a physician board certified in psychiatry and addiction medicine. She offers listeners a heartfelt approach to treating all kinds of addiction. You can listen to In Recovery on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, it's Reshma. Welcome to Brave Not Perfect, the show where we seek to live braver, older lives and break free from the cult of perfection. I want to ask you, how have you been letting go of perfection during the pandemic? It's hard. Chasing the ideal of perfection can give us a sense of control in these times where we often feel like we don't have control. And look, I get it. Having that sense of control right now, it's so grounding. And if you need to hold on to that, I get that too. I certainly do some days. But I also wanna encourage you to cut yourself some slack. Be okay with having messy hair on that Zoom call and focus your precious time and energy on taking care of yourself and those things that really matter. Today, you're gonna hear about perfection, the pandemic, diversity in tech, and how these trying times are impacting young women and girls. Joining me for this conversation is the incredible Melinda Gates. Melinda is a philanthropist, a businesswoman, and global advocate for women and girls. She co-chairs the Gates Foundation and is the author of The Moment of Lift, How Empowering Women Changes the World. I admire her so much. I'm thrilled Melinda joined me for this conversation as part of the Girls Who Code summer speaker series. It's streamed live for our students in the Girls Who Code summer immersion program. Thank you so much for joining us today for our speaker series. I am so excited and honored to have our friend Melinda Gates here. Uh, Melinda, you are such an inspiration and a role model to all girls and all women in tech. You've been an advocate for equality long before these conversations became mainstream. So many of us in the movement have been looking for someone to lead us and to speak truth to power, and it has been you. And we are so, so grateful for your leadership in this moment. So I cannot thank you enough uh, for being here today and for all of the support that you've given to Girls Who Code. Um, So let's get started because we're ready to celebrate all things girls and all things creating and changing the world this summer. Um, Melinda, you have been such a champion for gender equality, which is really like at the heart of what we do at Girls Who Code. And a lot of that requires bravery and speaking truth to power and sometimes saying hard things to people who may not want to hear it. What motivates you to fight on behalf of girls and where do you draw your bravery from?
1: Yeah, thanks. Well, first of all, thanks for having me, Reshma. And, um, you know, to your question, Reshma, what gives me the bravery? Um, I think I just... I'm so inspired by so many women I've met in my travels all over the world. And especially, I have to be honest, the ones living in really difficult circumstances. And when I hear the lengths they go to take care of their kids, to speak truth to power, to push against the system, um, and I see the change they create in their own families, I say, my gosh, if they can do it, I sure better be able to do it. And um, and then I try to turn the question back on myself and say, okay, well, they found their bravery in doing these things and look at the change. And so when I need to take a hard step, I have to remind myself, okay, hard steps are hard and you've gotta be vulnerable. And so I turn it back on myself and I say, okay, so if I have this leadership position, however I came by it um, at the foundation, I need to use it on behalf of others. And so what I would say to young girls and women is, taking a brave step uh, feels very scary. I still get scared. I still get scared when I have to take a brave step. But it's, you still take the step anyway. You step in that vulnerable space. And once you do, you may not like the answer you get, you may get some bluster, you may get some pushback right away, but you've created a space and you've created an opening, not just for yourself, but for others. And so, Often, I will look for people who are like-minded to me, um, other men who who believe in women and believe in young women and can help me, and I look for women who believe in women and who can help me. And I surround myself with those people, and they help me be more brave, and I hope I help them be more brave. Yeah, that's
0: powerful. It's such a reminder, right, that it always it doesn't always feel good to be brave, right? It's scary. But it's so much better to be brave than live a life of regrets. And I I think it's so powerful how you're using your platform for others. So as you know, because you've been talking a lot about this, the, the coronavirus pandemic has had such a strong impact on our women and girls. And it's still a conversation that we know hasn't fully been had yet. And you talk a lot about how, and you've been talking about this for a while, but how we need to change our caregiving system how you know too often the work falls on our girls and when they need to be focused on school and self-care. So many of our girls that are participating right now in the way that we've designed the program are caring for an elderly person at home or a sibling while their mom or themselves are an essential worker. What advice do you have for our girls? Because I know a lot of them are dealing with the stress of caregiving while also trying not to fall behind in school.
1: Yeah, so what I would say to you all is, first of all, my hat's off to you. It is hard to be a caregiver at home uh, for anybody else, an elderly person, a sibling, and get your work done. Because you, you care about both, the, you know, you care about that sibling, and you care about continuing your studies, continuing your coding. Um, so I want to say, recognize that it's hard, that what you're doing is hard, and society shouldn't not be asking you to do something that's this hard. Um, so we need to fix society. I'm working on that with many, many, many partners. Um, but what you're trying to do doesn't isn't as hard in other industrialized nations because they have different policies than the US has. So recognize that it's hard. Put your own oxygen mask on first. You know how they say when you fly on the plane, okay, if if the oxygen mask comes down, you know, mom should put her her oxygen mask on first. What I wanna say to you all at home, put your oxygen mask on first and take a deep breath. So do some self-care, whatever it is you like to do in the morning when you first get up or maybe it's in the evening. Book that time for yourself and do not give it up if it's 10 minutes in the morning and 10 minutes in the afternoon, whatever it is, whether it's watching a movie, you know, whether it's watching the Mindy Project, whether it's doing some yoga, whether it's getting you know out for a walk in the fresh air, whether it's taking some quiet time or getting on the phone with a good friend and being able to go, ah, today was hard, make the time for yourself. That's your oxygen mask that will allow you to do both things well, uh, and especially during this hard time.
0: Yeah, that's so important. And I would say, like, you can't be brave if you're tired. And we uh-uh. need bravery right now. And so we need to self. We need to rest and do self care. So you've invested so much in diversifying the tech industry, and encouraging companies outside of Silicon Valley. Right now, we're seeing a lot of companies that are pivoting to permanent work from home policies, and some even leaving the valley. How do you see this changing tech jobs? Uh, what advice do you have for our girls? They're in high school and will soon be in college, right? Looking
1: for jobs in tech. What advice do you have for them? I would say, you know, one thing that's going on because of COVID is it is exposing the gaps in society, right? It's exposing the caregiving gap. It's exposing the gap of, you know, we used to have this narrative. You couldn't work from home. You had to be in the building. No. We don't, like we're proving this out, right? So it's exposing the gap and it's creating opportunities. So all of a sudden, companies are going, whoa, we company and our employees are figuring out how to work from home. So what I wanna say to you younger girls is, you're gonna have actually more opportunities to work in different ways than the generation before you, than the people who are even five years older than you. And so, these tech jobs, luckily, are not gonna go away. In fact, that's the, mo- the place in the economy, even when the economy's gonna you know tank for a while, that's the place where people need workers. And it's not just the big tech companies, it's all companies need people to help them do, carry out the work. Um, so I would say when you do go out to a job, and, and you apply for a job, and believe me, There's pressure from society, pressure from within now to hire more women, more people of color. That's fabulous. So look carefully at the culture you're going into for the job that you accept. Look carefully at the location and look at the job and look at the job and is the job interesting to you? I think when we of the previous generation went out, we all said, oh, my gosh, I have to go live and work in Silicon Valley or maybe Seattle because that's where the good tech jobs were. And oh, my gosh, I'm going to have to you know, give up having a kid or wait till I'm 35. No, you're going to have more opportunities. So don't be scared during this time. Keep your head down. Keep doing the coding. There will be fabulous opportunities for you. I love that uh, Jack Dorsey told the students the
0: same thing last week, which is that you know you're interviewing them; they're not interviewing you. You get to make a choice, and I love it because you're saying exactly that same sense of self-empowerment for them. Um, you know, I talk a lot about perfectionism, how it holds women back, and we can see alive and well that perfectionism is not dead in the pandemic. You know, can you tell me about a time where you chose to be brave, not perfect?
1: Yes. Um, so I, I have, I had, and I still have a major dose of perfectionism way back in my brain. <laughs> and um, I finally started to work on it. I read a book by Brené Brown uh, about perfectionism, and it's the gifts of imperfection. And I started to say, "Oh my gosh, if I could get rid of these thoughts, I could." have more energy and more time and less planning. And so I'll give you one example where I decided I had to be brave, not perfect, and it was hard, Um, was I really was learning from women all over the world from my travels with the foundation about the difference that contraceptives made in their life, that when they had access, say, to the birth control pill or an IUD, that it, it it changed things for them. They could delay and space their children and fin- finish their education and get a job and then have a child, similar to what I did when I was, quite frankly, in college and beyond. And I realized I'm Catholic and the Catholic Church does not believe in this. And I realized I needed to be brave and speak out on behalf of what these women had told me in the world, even though I knew I would get attacked by the Catholic Church, maybe by some of my parents' friends who I admired, maybe by others that I knew, but I knew it was the right thing. And so I gathered a team around me who helped me plan and organize and think through, how would Melinda come out and talk about this? How would she say it? How would she lead? I didn't even know how to lead in this area. But with a lot of help from other people over the course of a year, We ended up carrying out this initiative. I got brave enough, which I never thought I would do, to talk about the fact that I use contraceptives, you know, in college, oh my gosh, (laughs) shocker. And, um, and, And to say, wow, I can lead in this way. And now it's one of the pieces of work I enjoy the most. So those women's stories gave me courage to break through my perfectionism, and to be brave on behalf of them. I love
0: that. I love that. I want to get to the student questions, but I have one last question for you. What is one message that you want to share with the girls as a takeaway from today?
1: You have so much more power inside of you than you know. And you're going to go out in the workforce, and people are going to tell you you don't. Or they might say no to you, or they might make you feel, often it's subtle, feel like you don't have the power that you have. And I want to tell you, if you're still in high school, you know more about yourself than you realize. Don't forget that and don't let go of it. I think it gets a bit harder when you're out in the workforce and there are these norms. Um, Hang on to that part of yourself. Nobody can take it away from you. And so if you do get in a job where you're unhappy with the culture, you're unhappy with your boss, look for a new one. Find people around you who are like-minded, who say, yeah, you just have a terrible boss. <laughs> it's, it's that person. It's not you, right? Um, remember, nobody can take away your own power and your dignity. Hold on to that. I
0: love that. I love that. so powerful. It's so true. And it kind of goes to the next question. So Christina from California. She says, First of all, you're an inspiration to me and young women and all over the world. Did you ever struggle with imposter syndrome? And if you did, how did you cope with it?
1: Oh, yes, 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 and yes. <laughs> and you know, my oldest daughter and I were just taking a walk recently. Um and talking about this even for her as well. I think so many women face this issue. And yes, I mean, yes, yes, and yes. I, I Look, I show up at the foundation. I don't have a degree in biology. And yet we are coming up. We're working on the next HIV vaccine. We're trying to work on the next COVID vaccine. My degree is in computer science. But guess what? It turns out I know enough. Uh, So, when I sit around a table of scientists who know far more about the immune system, immunology, how cells work, I have to be brave enough to say, wait, wait, wait. Teach me that. What what, what was that acronym you said just now? What, What does that mean, right? Every field has its acronyms. But I had to learn, I'm not an imposter. There's a reason I have this position. I don't know exactly what it is, but what I do know is I've learned so much uh, practical knowledge from being out in places all over the world that when I bring that to the science table and and a lot of the males are talking about, you know, issues related to women's health, and I'll say, and they'll say, Oh, well, if we could get them iron pills, and I'll say, Well, okay, well, wait a minute, iron pills are hard to take. The men go, what, iron pills are hard to take? Yeah, like, and we start then, then all of a sudden all heads come in around the table. Oh, well, how do we solve that? How do we solve that? But yes, I have so often walked into conferences feeling like I'm an imposter. And I have to say, no, I have learned. I have a body of knowledge from my life experience. And what I would say to all the young women on this call is you have a body of knowledge, even in high school. From your lived experience in your community, in your family, maybe taking care of an elderly person, maybe something you learned in your community, and from what you've learned in high school, remember that you have learned things, you're unique that other people don't know. And your perspective is as important as somebody who has a PhD.
0: Yeah. And I think in watching you and learning from you, it's like, uh, Melinda, you're always led by your... Curiosity of solving a problem and your passion to make a difference. And sometimes, right, that's what you need. That's all you need um, to be a change maker. And and I think you've really taught me that uh, as a role model. So thank you. Thank you. So, Sahai from New Jersey. Money is definitely very important for impactful philanthropy. How can high school and college students give back to the community effectively in other ways?
1: Oh my gosh. Look, what what people need in communities, it, you know, are new ideas, creativity. You have your time, you have your energy and your creative talent and you have money. And you can give any of those three in any combination or you can give one of them. And so, you know, I tell my kids when they're in high school, they don't have a lot of money. They have their allowance and they put some of it away. And they're interested in making some donations with that. But I also say, get involved, go out and learn. So like one of my kids before COVID broke out was tutoring after school in a community that she doesn't normally go to in Seattle. My gosh, did she learn a lot about the challenges those kids have. And so she started to say, well, I'm passionate about then taking some of my allowance and putting it here. Um, My son, who is now in college and has saved some money from various roles he's had in jobs, he is going to fund certain political candidates that he cares about. So don't think of it as just your money. Money definitely helps move things forward, but it's your time, time giving back. It's your energy and your creativity and it's your money. And you will learn from those experiences and it will give you passion If you're curious, to then say, oh, well, maybe I want to code an app that would help with that problem that I see in society. Wow. Can that change things? Yeah. It's a great lesson. Um,
0: Manali from Texas. Mrs. Gates,
1: girls all around the world
0: look up to you constantly as a source of inspiration to make a difference in their communities. I wanted to ask you, how do you stay motivated in times
1: when things go awry? Mm. Yeah, great question. How do I stay motivated? Um, I try to remember uh, the bright spots. So when something's not going well, um, and you know, I have to tell you, like COVID this, just this time, right? It's challenging for all of us, right? Um, I'm not dealing at the moment with caregiving at home. I'm doing more dishes, I'm taking out more garbage, but look, This is a hard time. And so one of the things I have learned is to keep a gratitude journal. And every day I write down at least three things, it might just be bullet points, of something I was grateful for on that day, um, even on a really tough day. And um, that's evidence-based, actually, that we know if you can capture gratitude, you can find more joy and more positivity. And so when something has me really down, and believe me, I have my down days, um, I can say, hmm, here's some things I am grateful for today.
0: That's, that's really, yeah, I think that it's so easy to forget all the good things that might happen uh, in addition to all the bad things. I think one person said to me, one of the things I've been trying to do is ask myself, who do I want to be when I get out of this? Even, even if I have 30 seconds to think about um. that, you know, I think that that's a gift. Well, again, I cannot thank you enough. If, you, As you can see from this chat, like you've inspired a movement of girls uh, to be change makers and to go into technology and to make a difference. And we're so grateful to have an incredible woman like you to look up to and to learn from and who just, again, who, I mean, when I think about you, who speaks truth to power. So yeah. thank you, thank you, thank you on behalf of women and girls everywhere for everything that you are doing to lift us up. And thank you for your time.
1: Well, thanks for having me. And what I would just wanna say to all the young women on this call is I am so excited to see the future that you create for all of us through your creativity and your coding skills. And um, I hope someday I can meet some of you physically in person and give you a hug.
0: (laughs) The girls who code will be showing up. They'll be there working hand in hand with you. So thank you so much. Thanks Reshma. Thanks Melinda. That was Melinda Gates talking to me and answering our students' questions as part of the Girls Who Code summer speaker series. Thank you to all the students who tuned in and sent such thoughtful questions. We've got some conversations from our speaker series coming up for you with Hillary Clinton, Soledad O'Brien, Jill Biden, and so many more incredible women. Make sure to subscribe to Brave Not Perfect so you don't miss out.
1: Hey, I'm the executive producer, Ashley Dajon. I hope you enjoyed today's show. If you did, make sure you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or wherever you listen. Brave Not Perfect
0: comes out every other Tuesday. Today's episode was also made possible
1: by my co-producers, Tanya Zaporanek and Charlotte Stone. And of course, our fearless team leader, Deborah Singer. Andrea Jordan, Rush Musajani, Olivia Quintana,
0: Ashley Gramby, Gloria Noel, Aaron Page, Zenzele Skylark, Alisa Dwyer, and Raven Abreu also contributed to the making of this episode. See you in two weeks.